Hey, this is Russ Payton with Rolling Public Radio. This is RPPR episode 121, Conspiracy, about conspiracies and horror. Uh, this episode is sponsored by both uh, Mystical Throne Entertainment and Arc Dream. Uh, Mystical Throne Entertainment, uh, publisher of Shadowed Earth and the Entropic Gaming System. Check out our selection of licensed materials for Savage Worlds, Legend, Colonial Gothic, and Dark Streets, along with our titles from development studio Broken Ruler Games. You'll find a variety of settings covering dark fantasy, historical fantasy, horror, Greek mythology, modern action, and sci-fi. To find out more, visit mysticalthrone-ent.com. Uh, Mystical Throne Entertainment, bringing new worlds to your tabletop. Uh, this month, we also have a special coupon code for RPPR listeners. Uh, the code is RPPR October, all one word. By using this code, you can get the Entropic Gaming System Core Rulebook PDF for only $1, normally $5, at the web store. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can check it out. The Entropic Game System is an open game license. It looks very uh, rules light, uh, open multi system genre, uh, or multi genre system. So. Uh, looks very interesting. Anyways, uh, and also this episode is, of course, sponsored by Arc Dream during this month because we're doing helping them out with the Delta Green Kickstarter, and that's why we're doing this episode about conspiracies and horror. So now that we expect that Kickstarter to succeed, and, yeah. Uh, well, it has it is succeeding right now, but we're not quite at the time of this recording to Impossible Landscapes, which is the big stretch goal, at least for me personally, because you know that's the Carcosa, Carcosa campaign. Carcosa. My stretch goal, man. Your stretch goal? Yes. Yeah. Caleb had a stretch goal. It is. No, it's fine. Yeah. Don't even mention it. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't have time, Caleb. It's not set in Carcosa, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Caleb, Caleb, that Jesus. was foolish. Are you just. To like, get noticed by Ross, it has to be there. It's like you're Catholic all of a sudden, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. I'll just sit here in the dark. Don't change the light bulb. Oh, sh- like, yeah. No, visit wow. me or not, I could just sit here and die. Uh, but yes, Lover in the Ice is being converted to Delta Green. So you'll actually have stats for the, um, well, the thing in there. Uh, and you can actually mention in the uh, green box and all this other good stuff. Uh, but yes, uh, so it's going upwards onwards. Hopefully, it'll go sail past the impossible landscapes. There's a lot of other stretch goals after that. Uh, also, looking forward to like control group. I think that's a 220k. That's a five scenarios designed to teach people Delta Green system, and it starts with them being astronauts in space. You know, trying to fix a satellite put there by Majestic 12. And then bad things happen. And that's written by Greg Why Stolten. is it that nothing good ever happens? <laughs> well, that would be. It's cool. like, yeah, we were on this mission for for Delta Green, and we all we we met the we met the woman of our dreams. Yeah, settled down. Um, we're happy. Although I, I do feel that if we get to run this one, we need to specifically play it as Delta Green in space. Well, it is the uh, Majestic Twelve, like your Majestic Twelve astronauts oh. doing something, or maybe you're not. Even, I don't. I haven't read it yet. It was written by Greg. Like, well, we're astronauts, but we know of the conspiracy. Uh, they did just release also the Afghanistan adventure, which was designed to play test the combat rules. And after reading <laughs> reading through it, I can see why. Yeah, uh, especially those kill damage rules and kill damage weapons. So, have you taken a look at it too, Caleb? Yeah, Caligata is like the first thirty minutes of Resident Evil Four. Yeah, but hotter. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wants to kill your character. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's why we were doing this episode, uh, talking about conspiracies and how they can be used for gaming, especially horror games, uh, because 
a lot of times, uh, I think the world of darkness left a lot of uh, bad taste in everyone's mouth when it came to conspiracies, in that it made them too powerful, too omnipotent, too omniscient. And so it kind of, and also there's also conspiracy theorists who kind of believe the same thing, to where it's like, well, if I put a conspiracy in my game, then, you know, my players have no chance because everyone's going to be on it. But if it it wasn't a perfect conspiracy, we'd have some evidence. Right, exactly. All right, World of Darkness wasn't a conspiracy. They misused the term because if everyone in the world is in on the conspiracy (laughs) and one of five people who also happen to be like the only five human people left on the planet (laughs) that aren't some wackety schmackety do universal monster you're not you're not like being preyed on by a conspiracy you're insane you live in a different reality your reality is the crazy one right and the conspiracy reality is like everyone's laughing so at you. so basically it just turns into um i am legend except for the fact it's just we're following jim's everyday life while everybody giggles at mortal the uh the nearly extinct <laughs> yeah yeah actually about third edition world darkness is more superheroes with supernatural powers uh, yeah, so that that's kind of the problem. But I think conspiracies, if done right, can uh, add a lot to a game. I mean, we there's literally one game built all around that. Of course, Knights Black Agents, where they have the conspiracy and uh, Tribes of Tokyo. That whole that entire campaign was about unraveling one t- conspiracy. But that was a very limited and local conspiracy. It was focused in Tokyo. It only involved a few dozen people at most, and every no one knew everything except for the guy at the top who was the big bad, and took the entire t- campaign to get to him and take that guy out. Yeah. And only so, resolved far, far in the future. So, uh, well, well total, one way it And resolved, totally so. wasn't Spoilers, mythos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How long has that game been out now? So, uh, well, not everybody listens. Not everyone is Crawlkill or uh, Tato Nori uh, in terms of listening to this. So, uh, And future listeners, of course. But anyways, um, so what makes a good conspiracy? I mean, I think the first thing is to look at real conspiracies, really horrific ones in uh, real life. And there have been a lot of them. Uh, but we tend to find out about them because conspiracies are imperfect, run by flawed people with... Uh, agendas that are kind of self-destructive in a lot of ways. Uh, so just to give you some ideas, uh, I, I wrote just a few of them down off a list of uh, cracked real conspiracies that are fucked up. Uh, let's see, there's the Dreyfus Affair, which was uh, basically a conspiracy by the French military to blackball uh, Jewish officers or kick, get them kicked out of the military uh, and to blame them for all kinds of uh, crimes. Uh, let's see, the mafia is a conspiracy. It is literally a conspiracy. Pretty much every other criminal syndicate is like that, too. So, um, MKUltra, uh, the CIA's mind control experiments in the uh, 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, using LSD and other things, mm-hmm. so they can mind control people. Uh, and these, let's see, then the church committee. The answer was no, but they can make them real crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're actually Ocean Delta Green stories uh, that basically are like, during the MK Ultra years, and it's like, hey, the like, there's literally ones like, let's do MK Ultra, but with the black lotus flower. Where'd you get that? Someplace called Ling. It's in China. Don't worry about it. You know? <laughs> yeah, or like Teapot yeah. Dome. Yeah. Uh, during the, the, during the uh, Grant administration, where they basically tried to sell the Navy's oil reserves to uh, private interests. Right, and that, and yeah, there are a lot of financial crooking, uh, crooked embezzling schemes to make money. Uh, but when we're doing horror, you really want to look for the ones with the body count. You know, MK Ultra ruined a lot of lives. There are some messed up people. Um, let's see, Operation Gladio uh, is another big one. That's mm-hmm. when after 
World War II, the West uh, NATO recruited a lot of former Nazis to, uh, well, make sure Europe didn't go commie, you know, by, well, we would call it terrorism today, but... Well, it was terrorism. So, <laughs> yeah, the interesting <laughs> mark of like, well, we teamed up with the communists to defeat you. Now we're yeah, gonna yeah. use or those Air skills. America. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there, and that's not yeah, Air America. Do you want to? That's the uh, like CIA, like CIA drug smuggling in Vietnam using secret airstrips and private contractor pilots. Uh, yeah, and this, there's like several conspiracies of the CIA smuggling drugs, like to pay the Iran con- mm-hmm. uh, for the Iran Contra affair. There was one in the 80s for Arkansas selling, like, cocaine in Arkansas. Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. reading the stories about those. So. And, uh, so, yeah, the CI really likes its drug smuggling. So Well, that, uh, well can you, that's the best way to pay for secret wars you can't put on the books. <laughs> uh, fair. Yeah, true. Can't uh, collate what you can't what snort up. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, of course, the Tunguski uh, syphilis experiments where mm-hmm. African-Americans were injected with syphilis to find out what would happen. Uh, and, of course, lied to them about it. So they, if you want horror, they, it's right there. Oh, yeah, this injection is fine. Uh, CIA can't be definitively linked to most of it, but they're also probably in charge of the crack epidemic. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, they were. Yeah. Uh, a lot of this was. Not to sound crazy, but maybe they weren't. But, you know, then there's that other drug smuggling scheme and that other drug smuggling scheme and yeah. that other drug smuggling scheme. Oh, and the one that And that other drug smuggling scheme. scheme. <laughs> no. uh, wait, wait. You totally forgot about that one drug smuggling scheme. Oh, yeah. Scheme. yeah. That one. In 69. <laughs> <laughs> ah, 69. What a year. Uh, and, of course, there's the big political ones, Watergate, uh, et cetera, and various assassination so, schemes. Yeah, someone actually said Watergate is actually the reason why most conspiracies aren't perfect. Right. Because, you know, the government actually has a lot of idiots in it. Well, I think any organization has mm-hmm. a lot of idiots in it. Well, another thing is that um, I think when you're talking about real world conspiracies is assuming nefarious intent or at least singular nefarious intent. Like there's some puppet master or there's some group at the top, whereas a lot of conspiracies are just the result of systematic incentives mm-hmm. driving people towards a systematic uh, form of secrecy and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, like you've got... You've got conspiracy with people at the head. So you have the De Beer Diamond uh, corporations, you know, uh, forcing uh, a false scarcity of diamonds for years until diamonds have an established intrinsic value that they don't actually carry in the real world. And all the resulting, like, wars and blood puppet diamonds. dictatorships and blood diamonds and stuff, the result of that. So that is something with somebody at the helm. But then you look at stuff like NPR, uh, uh, This American Life just did a uh, couple of episodes about uh, redlining or redballing, uh, which was a systematic method of ghettoizing American cities against African Americans. Uh, the red line would be the blind past which you could, would not show an African American couple a house. Right. Uh, or get them alone. Yeah. For a, and at that point, there is no like evil white guy committee all getting together in the secret evil white guy lounge. Also known as the country club. Yes. To plan that it's not explicit and there is no leadership in that. But that is, if nothing but a conspiracy, it's just a combination of you know, racism, obviously and financial incentive uh, that leads to a systematic uh, thing that that is a conspiracy by any uh, you know, definition behaviorally and objectively, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have like uh, someone, you know, 
tinting their fingers together in a rolly chair behind right. it. Uh, well, I mean that 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 that's a great point, and I think it sort of emphasizes the um, larger point. What I want to make is that conspiracies are not formed; at, they do not spring from conspiracy Zeus's head fully formed. They existed bef- like every member of that conspiracy existed before the conspiracy. They had real lives, and then they found themselves in circumstances where they led to a conspiracy. So I think, especially like the World of Darkness, is really bad about this, and uh, in that they engineered, they created every NPC and everything about that conspiracy as part of a puzzle that everything fit perfectly within it to create this you know uh these vampires ruling the city or whatever everything works together everything is balanced against each other it's a perfect conspiracy mechanism you know and that's not how it works in real life all these businessmen or cia agents or drug dealers or whoever they 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 didn't like were born specifically to do this conspiracy. They didn't train all their life to do this. They just like, oh shit, we should sell drugs to these people so we can finance this illegal war, or let's hire these Nazis to go fight, you know, beat up leftists and kill leftists in uh, continental Europe. And uh, so you you and they bring their own flaws and imperfections into the conspiracy, their own biases. Yeah. yeah. And kind of speaking of World of Darkness, that was also one of the bigger flaws of it too in in comparison to real world conspiracies is that um, it cast its net so wide and with so many characters that yeah. it would it would literally just collapse under its own weight because event, I know the whole premise was the secret war that humanity couldn't see. Right. But God, by the, the end, if you counted all its NPCs, you're right. There's only the one human fill left at the end of it. Right. And how are you hiding it from him? Yeah, yeah. We thought we, like, I believe they thought they had found a female of the just regular human species, and they were hoping to mate them together. <laughs> but she turned out to be a you know, Rokia kinfolk ghoul. That's a thing. Um. Which could be a conspiracy <laughs> in and of itself. But yeah. I that, think I understood, like, three words in that sentence. Um, but uh, but overall, play, don't explain it. Don't explain it. But overall, you you're right. Play, it was, you but in a lot of cases. No, he doesn't. When it came to, more or less, it was yeah. kind of the smaller, concise cells yeah. that were. Uh, that may have uh, had the connections to the other ones to form the larger idea, but were, were only set to their specific areas. Right. Well, another thing to note about is that most conspiracies aren't secret, and I don't mean that they're just incompetent. I mean that you literally know they exist. You literally know what you're doing. You don't give enough of a shit to do something about it. Right. So, for instance, FIFA still exists. FIFA still does everything FIFA does. Right. FIFA, still- no one wants it because, man, sucker. Yeah. Football! And they're, and they're Football! Still, and they're like, still building that oh, doom yeah, stadium. Uh, uh, everyone knows that if your city hosts the Olympics, you have been struck by an economic Hiroshima. And you can pretty much just say goodbye to <laughs> all ideas of solvency or surplus to for the, the remainder of your life. For the and probably the remainder of your life yeah. for your children. Uh, and the, I mean, you will have a uptick in ruin porn photography. Uh, but uh, wait, 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 is this that's only the, good for you, for Ross? The Olympics? Yeah, <laughs> for any any town, the Olympics are going to be put in. Yeah, it's 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 going to come, it's going to go, and, and it's going to take all the money you had with it. And if, right. and if it's the World Cup, God help you. So for yeah, a, but no, people protest, people do it. But you know what? You don't have political power, and so you don't get to do a shit about it. Right. Uh, the guy who upped the AIDS drug. Like, that is literally the plot of multiple spy movies of pharma companies trying to take control of vital drugs so they can up the price and save people. He's literally killing people, but that guy's a dick. Let's all talk about how much of a dick he is in Well, he actually did back down on that. 
Okay, yeah, because he was a dick. No yeah. one like did like in the movies and dragged him in the street and shot him. All right, uh, like so that's what I'm saying. Like a conspiracy doesn't have to be something that people instantly like start the revolution. Yeah. It's not Soylent Green as people. If you told everyone Soylent Green as people, but they'd probably he... be like, "Oh man, you really should have told me that." And then they continue <laughs> eating Soylent Green. Like uh, it, I don't want to come to waste, you know. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> like I'll stop after this guy. Complacency and the or just the sheer fact that you you weigh the costs and you weigh the rewards of right. fighting the conspiracy, and the conspiracy doesn't take as much away from you as it would if you fought it. Right. That I mean, talk about the mafia. Yeah. Uh, that I mean, so that's the thing. A conspiracy doesn't have to be secret. Like, right, it can still be like, oh yeah, no, it's horrible and dystopian. But also, but, when, when most people think of a conspiracy, they're not thinking of a real one. They're thinking of nine eleven was an inside job, or Kennedy was killed by every a magic bullet by, by, by Castro. The fake moonlight, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, conspiracy the theories. Well, well, yeah, and yeah, and so I mean, we might also define a conspiracy as something that is like that, but necessarily not found out. So maybe the conspiracy is defined by its secrecy, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to talk about that. But if we, if we want to talk about, like, the moon landing and other intense, more intense conspiracy theories, that's when I will get all academic and dry. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the whole throwing uh, thing is to uh, create a conspiracy that's interesting in a game. And so you have to look at the use start with the real world and each of these real world conspiracies had a specific goal uh and whether they were formed at the top like uh say operation gladio uh, gladio or any number of assassination conspiracies which the goal was to kill that dude uh that they um they had the goal it was a specific goal and then you know one they either if the goal's perpetuating they kept doing it until they got caught or they failed and they got caught, or they succeeded and they they disbanded. split up. Yeah, they yeah. disbanded. Well, all done. Yeah. So thinking about your game, like what kind of conspiracy would be interesting in your game? It depends, obviously, what type of game you're running. Uh, let's say modern investigative horror, which is a staple now. Uh, not necessarily Delta Green, uh, although that would definitely work. Uh, so nice th- black agents. Nice black agents. Uh, esoterrorists. Uh, the New World of Darkness, uh, or just a generic, you know, like a GURPS game or something like that. So uh, any number of systems out there uh, would work for that. So what would be, and obviously the conspiracy is just a tool to reinforce what you want to do in the game. And so it's a horror game. So you want a horrific conspiracy. So, uh, for example, we could look at reality. Again, the Tunguski uh, Civilist Experiment, those are, that's the most horrific out of all the ones I think of right now, you know, being... Yeah infected secretly with a debilitating and deadly disease like that. I mean, that's a pretty fucking, that's very intense, very bad. Um, so we could work off of that. So some sort of body horror, some sort of medical, for exa- as oh, an yeah, example. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. If you're looking at like taking the Delta green stance that, yeah. uh, you have a current team. If we're going by the, the modern stance, uh, wandering into an old test site where, they did experiments, maybe injecting them with pieces of that's like uh, pieces of a shoggoth, and then hey, guess what? You just came across hybrids. So. Okay, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we have a conspiracy to um, why don't we? It, it could be a secret. Then the conspiracy could be about covering it up. Yeah, like you know these shoggoth hybrids, they're really hard to kill. Let's just. Keep them drugged and put away in a sanitarium, or, yeah, a or one health. of them got out. Yeah, and hey, he's starting out. to talk. Holy crap! Yeah, so. exactly. And it's very muddled. So, 
and Barbara Walters is going to do an, in- an interview with him. Right, exactly. And, you know, when he has eyes growing up on his forearm, you know, that that's kind of a, uh, as the agents, you have to figure out who did this and why and how to stop them. So in this case, the conspiracy would be probably the, the pharmaceutical company that did it, uh, plus whatever suppliers gave them the Shoggoth in the first place. And now they're just trying, and their motivation is to cover their asses. So they'll, they, their kind of actions they would do would be to kill all the patients, burn all the documents, uh, and then just pretend it never happened. So that would be the kind of adventures you would be doing. So that's one example of doing it. It's a very real... So as going on in a more general way, like what are conspiracies about? Like sometimes it's about secrecy, sometimes it's not. But I think there's always that element of, of uh, uncertainty, of ambiguity, of duality, you know, hypocrisy. Like FIFA, they say they're honest. They, hey, they... They're not for profit. Yeah, they're a non-for-profit. And they, inter- they investigated themselves. They found they weren't corrupt. So, <laughs> when everybody weird, else says, yeah. "Hey, look at that gigantic doom stadium you're building, and the dead bodies that are mm-hmm. littering it," but that's again, yeah. If you're investigating an open conspiracy like that, an open secret, how do you fight that? If they do that, in that case, how do you fight a massive institution that just says, "Fuck you"? I'm going and where to- most people don't want to hear it, right? And most people, the NFL, don't. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it turns out we are killing people with concussions. Well, nobody gives a shit. See you next Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, I, I approach it from the other direction, so I think it's a good way to approach it if you're like, I want a creepy show, man. How do I do that? And then, yeah. you, and then you end up land on pharmacy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm a dweeb, though, so uh, I really like uh, Frederick Jameson's idea of totality as conspiracy. So Jameson has this uh, very long, very dense academic paper called Totality as Conspiracy. Uh, and basic argument is that the postmodern condition, meaning the world as it exists today, or more importantly, the world as it always existed, but the world as we've come to understand it today with massive media culture, cannot be summed up in any narrative. Yeah. It is too complex. It is too wide. It is too huge. So your Christian narrative is out the window. The narrative of your gender is gone. The narrative of your politics and your nationalism. Well, we saw how that worked. Uh, and, and so all of those things are thrown out the window. You cannot conceive realistically of the world in any single way. And the thought of that and the thought that you can't hold those mindsets simultaneously because if you could, it would still be one mindset. Right. Uh, and the fact that you were always missing something, he says, is kind of terrifying. So his idea of conspiracy is that conspiracy is a way of comforting yourself. It's a symbolic resolution because the reason you don't understand the way world the world works is because it does work one way, but they just don't want you to know that way. Like So it's actively trying to hide the conception of the world from you. So it's not that everything is so massive and complex that it's beyond my human understanding. It's not this like dwarfing instance of cosmic terror. It right. is this, oh, I'm in the Matrix. Yeah. And I'm the one in the Matrix. <laughs> How about that? Ah, yeah, I got superpowers out. Like, so yeah, it's very much, you know, your your uh, your total your conspiracy is kind of comforting even if it's horrific and dystopian in the yeah. game because it says something about the world. So for me, I like to approach it from that direction. I like to say, well, what's the mindset I have about how the world works now mm-hmm. and how is my conspiracy going to reflect that? So like the current Delta Green thing we're doing, mm-hmm. the teeth of God, I went from the idea that conspiracies are pretty easy to spot, but they're really hard to care about. <laughs> Especially when you have other people in your life, 
and they're really hard to maintain your attention on, especially when other things are going on in your life. So the idea that evil is always there and it is always gnawing at the door and the banality of evil is the fact that uh, things get lost in the shuffle and get worse when they are lost in that shuffle. So that's kind of what I'm going for on that uh, kind of thing. So, but I'm weird. But I mean, that's one way. If you don't want to be like, uh, if you if you want to freshen things up, you can approach it from the other direction as well. Like, right. So I think it's a great idea of like, I want Shogath, man. How do I get him in there? Yeah. Uh, okay. Pharmacies. Like. Right. But I also think how that's how some bad conspiracies are made too, because then it's like the corporations. The corporations. Oh, and in this campaign, it's the corporations. Because I think you just want... Yeah. I think you just want, uh, like, yeah. people to, you know... I think you just want, uh, you know, the... You just want an excuse for your cool monster. Whereas I think if you attacked it from the other direction, is like, what I want to say about the world... Right. Uh, and then, okay... That thing I want to say about the world hides the cool monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's yeah. another way to do it. Yeah, yeah, and then it creates that symbol that you kind of work off of and enrich the story versus because uh, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. That so many pieces of media or movies have just had the the evil corporation that's evil for evil's sake. It well, never, yeah, yeah, I mean, umbrella, right? Yeah, <laughs> our profits go up when we destroy all human life. Yeah, or how including many, our own. Yeah, or how many? Well, and, <laughs> it, it, I mean, the other thing is uh, conspiracies. I think in a game, at least, have to be imperfect. So they have to be the flawed. So in the Shoggoth Man case, they thought it would do wonders, and then mm. oops, looks like yeah, it was a super soldier. It could up. create super soldiers, or it could um, cure cancer, and right. it made a lot of cancer. Uh, I mean, I can see. You know, it's interesting. The totality conspiracy is actually kind of <laughs> a little bit like the world of darkness. Antediluvians <laughs> did it. Uh, you know, ancient. <laughs> wizards did it or really powerful demons did it basically well i mean yeah. it's a comforting worldview and the, here's the thing your game can't be about everything or it's going to be terrible right oh yeah uh, so in a delta green game my game's not about everything because delta green games are nihilistic and bleak and serious yeah and so fraggle rock exists in the delta green universe but we're not going to talk about it right and that's the thing that james is arguing is like you know fraggle rock and you know, whatever horrific thing existing at the same time, uh, they both exist simultaneously and they don't do anything to negate each other. So that's the way the world really works. It's this endless expanse that you cannot hold in your tiny human head. Uh, so by making it bleak, by making it nihilistic, by making it, you know, elders, there is still an element of escapism, is it? Because at least it's small enough for you to look at. Uh, it's not so big that you're incapable of holding it in your eye. So there is some element of, uh, you know, symbolic resolution or uh, wish fulfillment in that, even though, you know, Cthulhu's going to eat us all. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of like what we talked about in Game Designers Workshop is that, like, in, in the lack of hope that is in some ways liberating, then you yeah. at least get to be the existential hero instead of the guy who goes to work unsure whether it means anything or not, which. Nobody no. really wants to play. You want to play right. the guy who's decided whether it means something or not. Either way, because deciding one way or not, that's at least certainty. <laughs> uh, yeah, so nah, that's kind of the stuff I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. I sometimes like, I use the angle, too, that sometimes conspiracies can actually be comforting. Yeah. Because it's their protection from randomness. Right, like you were talking about. You're mm. Neo in the Matrix. You know, you're the mm. one. Yeah, it's, like, it's much, yeah, it's actually, for, uh, for a lot of people, a lot... 
easier to accept that you know like 9/11 was a vast conspiracy planned years in advance for right. gold not just a bunch of you know fundamentalists who on a small budget did something like that right well and and Jameson starts talking about movies and stuff and books but he eventually moves on to describing real world politics. So, if you want to talk about totality conspiracy, that's where MRAs get their everything. Well, I think you uh, also, like well, yeah, like or survivalists. That's why they are yeah weapons. Yeah, but why is my why am I a white male educated in a Western country but living in a trailer? Why why did I have everything handed to me and it's still not working out? And the fact that you can square certain elements of your history in mind, but not the entirety of it, and you don't know the entire academic stance, or you don't want to talk about your own self-psychology, that's a terrifying prospect, especially when it all waves towards you up front. So, no, feminist frequency did it to me. Let's go get her. Right. Like, And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's the nonsense there. It's like you make yourself believe it because, boy, how comforting that is and that it removes all my responsibility or it removes me from even to ask the Hassel question if I have responsibility in my situation. Right. Uh, and that's pretty much all of that stuff, you know, uh, from the truth or movement and, like, you know, pick your, pick your poison of craziness. Uh, uh, Scientology. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't our religion make any damn sense? Shut up. Kill the psychologist. All right. Yeah. <laughs> kill the psychologist. Speaking of real world conspiracy theories. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's where the... It's not that conspiracies don't exist, but there's also people who delude themselves into making conspiracies because it's ultimately more comforting than the alternative. And that's a key idea that explains Jameson's concept because you live in a world where conspiracies are very real things that kill people. And you live in a world where people make it up just to be psychologically comforted and stumble into making their own conspiracies through doing so with the Gamergate shit. So. Yeah, I mean, that's... And they both happen at the same time, and they don't negate each other, and they don't even really affect each other, because... Right. Because if you look at a real conspiracy, again, they're made by usually either massive institutions who use the power of apathy and indifference, like FIFA and De Beers, or small groups of motivated individuals, you know, like the CIA drug running. And they have... And historical accidents, variables yeah. that, you know, free radical variables to just interact yeah. and make weird movements of insanity. Uh, so, you know, like the red line thing, it's like yeah. no one got together and had a meeting, but it just boy, yeah, it was more systematic than if you had a cabal of right. evil white supremacists. Like if the KKK had been managing that, they it wouldn't have been as effective because obviously they're all inbred chinless yokels. Um <laughs> But you know, it, well, yeah. the, the point is that the real conspiracies have limited goals. Even FIFA, with its billion dollars thing, they do not like. If FIFA says someone in Montana must die, that person is not dead within the by nightfall. Like they are not, you know, like the vampire lords of World of Darkness. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at if you're a conspiracy theorist and you look at a real conspiracy, you're that's not enough. That's not power even as powerful as FIFA or De Beers or whoever is, that's not powerful enough to explain, you know, your fucked up situation. So you have to uh the foes I think of a conspiracy theorist have to be both omnipotent and incompetent at the same time, you know, because they are both so powerful that they control the world, but so incompetent that you alone can stand against them. Uh, so it's not very useful for a game, in other words. Uh, you need the real, cons- you need to model your conspiracies on the real world uh, ones, like redlining or something like that. Uh, and in order to make the game interesting, because if you do, if you try to model 
a fake conspiracy theory, it's going to lead to a bad game, I think. I mean, you don't want to make it too real because there's no yeah. there's no headquarters to bay on redlining. You have to change an entire cultural consciousness. Well that could be the Delta that's Green. That's game, the nihilistic yeah. thing. Yeah, know? that's the nihilistic thing. But like, so if like But if you want if you want a game where your characters have any control yeah. yeah, you do need one of those conspiracy. So, like in No Evil, that's kind of what I was trying to do with Manjapa because Manjapa yeah. was very good at running his conspiracy. Oh yes, and he was very good at running his two angles. But he was still a speck of nothingness compared to a Titan. Not to mention compared to an ETI. Like, so, and he wasn't like, even that powerful when it comes to like the institutions of like Ozma. Like Ozma sold him out in the end. Yeah, because once Ozma yeah. knew what he was doing. Yeah. Uh, so like, and that's the thing. Like, it was a parallel state conspiracy. Uh, yeah. In that he was working using the power of a state without its knowledge, and all, basically the ultimate thing you had to do is just let them know. But they're not exactly easy to contact. And, yeah. And so that that's what I wanted to underline the horror of Eclipse Face, because you did deal with like Titan and Exurgent shit, but you also were dealing with like Manjapa and you were both hated and loathed and feared him. But like the fact that you hate and loathe and fear him and that in the grand scheme of things he is one iota above you in a vast, uncaring, uncomprehensible universe was like seemed like the theme of the game like and i think it's also good because of the resolution because even when we stopped the conspiracy it wasn't like aha everything's better now the world is saved no it just, it's not like the matrix on. yeah maybe he has ma- maybe he has backups yeah maybe he was right maybe he was yeah right our, well, it, Earth isn't suddenly safe now, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and we all came away with just general scars too from yeah. it. That uh, that well, I like to say when it ends the story, it made the stories more interesting for all of our characters. But bettering is a up, up very much up for debate. Right. So I you're mean, harder. Dep- like, yeah. but I mean, it depends on what kind of game you want to run. I mean, you could run conspiracies like even in like in a superhero or a fantasy game. In that case, you know, like uh, I mean, actually, there's a whole genre of that conspiracies within fantasy, the swashbuckler genre often has to deal with who will be the rightful the heir new dr- to the, the new Dread Pirate Roberts. Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, like, take down uh, Richelieu yeah, like, yeah. in Three Musketeers. Or, yeah. Uh, the Sheriff is a conspiracy. Like, mm-hmm. I've co-opted the government right. in absentia, like, and Robin and, Hood is trying to stop. And I have you, designs on the throne. Yeah, and you can do stuff like that. Like, uh, yeah. So that, but, that, again, it was a limited thing. Uh, the Sheriff and Richelieu were not omnipotent or omniscient. No. They were very, they could be very dangerous, but there were ways to work around them. So they should stop fucking with guys yeah. with exceptional deck scores. Yeah, that's kind of the swashbuckling genre in a one line. You know. Don't fuck with a guy with a high deck score. But, yeah. yeah, I looked it up. There's actually a old World of Darkness book called Project Twilight. Yeah, which is about the government agents in yeah. the world. This is like third edition World of Darkness. What's well, old World of Darkness? Yeah, and uh, and I love like they're basically saying like yes, the vast conspiracies of the supernatural conspire. Away in their conspiracies. The only thing that may be more dangerous is the government conspiracies against their conspiracies. <laughs> and, and, yeah. then it, and then it's after all these books, after book, after book, showing how humanity is really nothing in the face of all this, except when it is. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like it was a huge game line with multiple writers who <laughs> yeah. had differing viewpoints and there wasn't strong editorial <laughs> guidelines over it. Weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was a conspiracy. <laughs> of uh, incompetence. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And that's why I got found out, you know. Uh, but then they recanted it. Or, you know. Except the others. And there's, but there's never any evidence to these conspiracies. Right. Uh, and... I think and to make it... The, this conspiracy has to be discoverable. 
Okay, yeah, that's a good point. You can't, yeah. like, make things too hard to figure out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good point, because a lot of game masters, oh, it has to be a big secret. You the, you have to give players clues. They have to know. Yeah, no, it needs to be dropped in a, in, in a way that makes it interesting and makes your players want to continue along with it. If it becomes, yeah. too, if it becomes too obtuse, then... Well, I mean, I think interest. you can't do a lost thing, where, like, every time they figure out one mystery, like, what's in the hatch? Okay, well, the hatch has this whole underground thing. And then, well, okay, what are the numbers? Okay, well, the number... You know, like, every time they answer okay. one question, they added five new questions. I know what point you're trying to make, and it's yeah, yeah. a point I agree with. But maybe don't use lost to to be the metaphor for that. I'm saying not to do lost. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, that's... I'm saying oh, don't be lost. That's the cautionary okay, tale. Okay, Yeah. What I thought you were trying to say with lost is that I think you need to... Uh, stride a middle ground yeah so i I like the definition of like well maybe fifa's not a conspiracy because we know everything and that's it maybe they're just douche (laughs) like like, uh you know maybe that maybe aids medicine guy not maybe aids medicine guy is a douchebag right it's not a conspiracy so um i think i think maybe a conspiracy should be defined by definition of being secret yeah Uh, and i think the line you have to walk is knowing it absolutely which means, by definition, if we go by the definition, it's not a conspiracy anymore. Mm. And it also means that uh, the conspiracy is not a source of horror anymore because there's no more unknown. It is a source that you plan against. Uh, so you need to either make that as late in the campaign as possible yeah, or always never get there, yeah. at least in some respect, while still giving some sort of satisfactory conclusion. And the opposite is, like, you don't know anything. yeah, uh, or, or rather, you don't know anything and you don't care you don't know anything. So that's what I was. I will shut up. I'm being dry and academic. No, no. Yes. I, I mean, well, okay. To look at uh, an actual gaming product that's coming out actually this month. I actually interviewed Kenneth Hyde a little while ago about this. The, the Dracula dossier, which is a Knights Black Agents campaign uh, about fucking Dracula. You know, just taking out Dracula because uh, the British intelligence agency tried. The premise of the campaign is the uh, MI5 tried to recruit Dracula as a secret agent. That didn't work out. Oh, tried, so well. They tried to do a Helsing thing with him. Yeah, and yeah, uh, and three times. Yeah, three times. There's three eras, and you can actually you do actually four. You could actually uh, there are options to run it as the original uh, novel crew, like 1894. Oh, and wow. then there's 1944, uh, 1977, and 2011. And um, so what the thing is. So the players should early on figure out, oh, what the fuck? Uh, These spies are dealing with vampires. What the fuck's going on? So that's early campaign. Then mid-campaign, they're like, oh, Dracula's real. And they're trying to convert him. And they think, oh, that's the conspiracy. But then I think the late campaign reveal is to find out what Dracula's secret agenda is. So uh, Why is he been letting these spy organizations... Yeah, what is he really up to? So that would be the ultimate reveal. So sometimes the conspiracy itself is being misled by others, or there is someone else manipulating them, you know. Uh, I think uh, going back to Operation Gladio, or like a lot of these government things, uh, why did the government want the CIA running drugs in L.A.? Perhaps they wanted to... uh, They were the, you know, the racist old guys in the government during the 60s and 70s were terrified of the Black Panthers and uh, the civil rights movement and they wanted to make those communities more vulnerable so they like hey let's uh, get them addicted to drugs so that could mm-hmm. be the so even the CIA druggers oh we're just doing this to get money so we can finance secret wars maybe they were being used as uh, tools for another secret agenda yeah. uh, or if Redline he was actually 
manipulated by someone who you know wanted mm. these certain things to happen. Yeah, layers upon layers. Yeah, layers upon layers. But you, you eventually have to finally get to the top somehow. Right. Yeah, exactly. That like in the Dracula, it ends with Dracula's secret agenda, and then the player characters have to fucking take Dracula out, or you know, get got. You know, it's one or. And we're gonna need a we're gonna we're gonna need a lot of harpoon guns and a lot yeah. of electricity. Uh, I don't think there's enough harpoons in the world. No, for Dracula. he has a, a Dracula started out baseline has fifty aberrants, so he'll just like I'll spend ten points around. Your character's dead. Like, don't bother rolling. <laughs> he attacks you three times, he does 20 damage. You can't kill the forger sniper. That's, no. Yeah, that's the kind of thing in Gumshoe. If you, the Game Master wants your character dead, he's like, I spend 20 points, like, your guy's dead. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm a conspiracy. Like, I'm in all of your games, making it impossible to get through on the next campaign. Because I'm always becoming monsters and shit. Uh, don't be like the old world of darkness. <laughs> yeah. Don't be, yeah. Well, I, I like to hook vocabulary words or something so let's say that it's not a conspiracy if you know everything yeah uh it stops being a conspiracy and so it's resolved so it's not bad but it's bad if it's early yeah i think the other end of the spectrum is ataraxia that's what i call it so uh pre-socratic philosopher Firo with p uh was so skeptical uh famously of reality because he had no way of empirically confirming it right that he would often try to walk off cliffs and his followers would have to keep him from doing so because he wasn't sure that there was a cliff really there. Uh, now, this is uh, probably an exaggeration, obviously. Uh, but in, when you're a Fyrick, you have to reach a point of ataraxia, which is the point where you realize you don't know, but you realize no more information is coming. And so you have to make peace with that. You have to go with your last best possible guess right. because your senses can be sold. And I think that's the death of a conspiracy horror game. When your characters reach ataraxia, they don't know, and you know what? They don't care. They're okay with not knowing anymore because it's so fucking obtuse. There are so many layers. The loss. Yeah, the yeah. loss. Yeah. Ataraxia. Season four or five. I don't know, and I never will know. And I have to make peace with that. Yeah, and then I turn the TV off. That's the death kneel for your conspiracy horror game because you've put so many layers. And so that's the perfect conspiracy right. problem. Like, right. oh, well, it's conspiracies all the way down. Like, it just never stops. Uh, I will stop. Like, then. Yeah, or, <laughs> where you guys are like, hey, this coffee went up a dollar. Conspiracy. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. well, well, um, I think the thing is the, the victory or the success in a good conspiracy game is actually very close to that. And that's when the players get to a point where they realize they can never know, but that they they care. Like, yeah. Like the idea, like in the Shoggoth Man thing. But is, no, that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing about Adorexia. It yeah. is defined by no longer caring. Right. Like, if new information comes, you'll assimilate it and redo your worldview and move on, but you won't seek any more out because you realize you're never going to go to the bottom. Right. You're never going to beat your own senses. And Ataraxia is accepting that and finding some sort of, like, almost stoic, even though he's pre-stoic, peace. Uh... And you don't, and that's Greek philosophy. But you don't want that in a horror game because like, right. they don't want to play anymore. Because it's just like, oh, this isn't the castle the princess was in. Fuck you, I'm out. I don't want it anymore. I quit. We wasted our time. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. In the example of conspiracy, that would be like the players found all the pharmaceutical guys, arrested them, killed them. They found all the Shoggoth hybrids, killed them. But 
did they? You know, like it's the question mark. Like I, I think that's better than like they found all the Shoggoth guys. Then they realized the Shoggoth guys were made by pharmacy guys, and then they realized the pharmacy guys were really cat's hands for the government. And then they realized the government is really controlled by aliens. And then they, and then you're just like no. And then the no, aliens are no. The yeah. aliens are controlled no. by gods. I, I think yeah. ambiguity isn't bad. Right. And it's well, that's why I'm saying ended yeah. that like they think they got all the hybrids, yeah. but some of the documents were burnt. So they never know if there's going to be one blood sucking Shoggoth hybrid out there or not you know so they're like and, and it's a good thing because that leaves them like you know like okay like we need to stay alert yeah we, there might be some more so the ambiguity can be like a good note for the ending of campaign yeah but i know it's kind of cliche to have the question mark or is it but like that's, it's not like that's yeah. a it's a standard thing and it's a it's a bold creative choice uh mass effect should have made that choice <laughs> uh yeah. like uh it would have been far superior to what we got uh but the ataraxia ending is not an ending because no one cares to pursue it anymore yeah. there is a mystery and i don't give a shit about it um so i think what you need is what gibson calls uh william gibson not not any neuromancer Greek, yeah 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 uh apophenia he calls it in his modern uh, yeah. pattern, re- pattern recognition which is the sense of unease and uncertainty at false pattern recognition you think you see things syncing up but you can never truly know if it synced up entirely and you're you're simultaneously uh you're simultaneously concerned that you missed something, and you're yeah. simultaneously concerned that you're crazy and you're just making it all up in your head. And apophenia is great because yeah. the thing about ataraxia is that Firo never did try and probably walk off a cliff for those reasons. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, I can think about Descartes all I want, but I'm never going to have to cope with the fact that maybe my what I think of as clothes are illusions. Maybe none of you are real. I don't have to cope with the reality of that because I always think that. Epiphenia is I wake up one day and everyone like laughs at me and points at my junk even though I think I'm wearing clothes. Or right. I wake up one day and no one else in the world exists. Like Epiphenia is the risk of that happening and that's what you want a conspiracy game. Like right. you're pursuing truth. You need to pursue it because at any point you may hit an area where you're going off a false conception and that's going to hurt really bad. Uh, there's a, always a consequence for not knowing and so you need to know more but even in that process, it is grueling. So you need that you need that anxiety of that or else it's not horror in the conspiracy game. Yeah. Uh, there's a really good example from a movie, a Korean film. And I can't remember the exact title. This will have spoilers for the ending, but I think it, I, I have to mention it because it basically sums this up perfectly. I think the title of the film, I think, is it's something like The Memories of a Murder or Memories of a Killer. Uh, it's based on a true story. Uh, about two detectives in rural South Korea. Uh, have you seen this, Aaron? Uh, yeah, you issue that to me. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's like in the '80s, and it's based on a true case, by the way. And so it's about these the woman women are being killed in rice fields as they're on their way to school or work or whatever. You know, and so there's no clues. There's very few clues. And these guys spend the entire movie. Just it's very true detective. Like it's pre, it, it was made before true detective. But they you know start drinking more. They have problems at home, and they're just doing everything they can to try and say you know stop these killings and find the killer. And they they don't. And you know they just they think they get the guy, and then they have this big dramatic confrontation with him. But it turns out he's not the guy, and so they just give up. And like then they fast forward, like the and the final scene is just ah. Uh, 20 years later, one of the detectives goes to the ex- exact field where the first victim was found. And she was found in a uh, drainage tunnel next to, in this field, like on the side of the road. 
and he he's no longer a detective. He's like a delivery driver, so he's just on his way. He just stops and looks, and he sees a little girl looking down that tunnel, and he's just like, what are you doing? Uh, and she says, oh, well, this guy was here a little while ago, and he was looking down the tunnel, so I wanted to see what he was looking at. Oh, really? And why did he say he was looking down there? And he said, oh, was, he was trying to remember something he had done here a long time ago. And do you know where he was? Do you remember where he looks? Uh, you know, and that's where it ends. It's like, you know, 20 years later and this killer had come back and he's just, uh, <laughs> you know, you can't even, his expression is just, oh God. It's yeah. the entire, and that's it, you know, basically like you, that's, you were so close, but so far that away. That one rock yeah, gut yeah. punch. Too. Or, or, uh, the pledge. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Nicholson uses a kid as bait to catch a serial killer. Yeah. And then the serial killer dies in a traffic accident on the <laughs> oh, way, uh, on the way to validate his life's hunt for him. Yeah. Like he dies, uh, uh just by hitting the wrong stretch of road and Nicholson's life falls apart because he's arranged all these false relationships for this whole moment. They realize that that is why they are there and then he gets no payoff for that. Wow. Uh, and But that's a fuck you ending yeah. that I'm not sure you want to give your gaming. <laughs> no, you want to have some enjoyment in it. What I want to talk about Apophenia <laughs> is you have to keep them guessing about who is on their side. So like... Uh, the fact that your characters get screwed over by your first proxy in No Evil, but yeah. not the obviously tricky proxies or the obviously nuts proxies. So, like, Tillman's the guy who betrays you, not crazy blind, yeah, and who, who tells you almost nothing and constantly lies to you, and not uh, Pollyanna, who seems like she's trying to pass something over on you. Like, but that's that's the fact. I, I didn't that it's not revealed until like near the end of the campaign. Yeah, and it's very much about like, all right, who in the organization can I trust? Is he a member of Firewall? Is he a member of this? Is he a member of that? Are you on his side? Are you one of them? Are you one of the? And, and that's the kind of are. Uh, I guess we can't give too much away because it's not posted. But the teeth of God thing with yeah. the animals. Am I going crazy? Right. No, is, the foreshadowing is very... Am I going crazy? Is this really part of it? Yeah. Is who's on the level? Like, or, or the fact that I didn't give you the briefing, I gave the briefing to one player, and I let the player give everyone else the briefing. That's a good so technique. You're all, yeah, so you're all... That'll be posted very soon, by So way. you're all role-playing, like, even though you know what's going on, because that might piss you off otherwise, but you're yeah. all role-playing skepticism. Yeah. Like, that's the apophenia thing. Like, that's like the, I need to know this before it comes and bites me in the ass. And that's what you want, like, as conspiracy being a horror game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know it's very much different in the tone from what's from your movie or the pledge, but uh, if looking for just conspiracies though, in a, a building mystery that could do that gravity falls actually has done that great with their storytelling just yeah. because they've had, because it, uh, especially everything, the way that the two seasons are going, it's all revolving around ultimately what the hell is Bill Cipher up to? Well, I mean, and, uh, and no spoilers for Gravity Falls. Yeah, no, we're not going to Sorry say for the spoilers for The Pledge and Memories of Murder. Uh, but we're not going to spoil anything, but. They're 20 year old films. Yeah. So Sorry. I was like, it is this well. character. <laughs> yeah. And you we'll know, put a spoiler warning in the. Yeah. Comments. Spoiler for two obscure movies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think so, the pledge is that obscure, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Uh, so, uh, and yeah, Gravity Falls, I think, well, it has a good general, like, 
it's it's a good mystery anyway because it starts out with one clue like what is the mystery of this book and then it builds and builds, and uh, builds over, over into the town in too, a logical but, consistent way, um, but, but yeah. yeah it starts building up to where the point uh, at near the end of the first season where like the dipper yeah. is not certain who he can trust and that's extending to his family extending to his friends extending to random townspeople and the clues are kind of scattered everywhere right uh, and yeah, and conspiracies. Uh, we're talking about conspiracies and horror, the darkest kind of conspiracies. But you can have them in anything. You could do it like there are probably if you ran a high school or a school based game, there became conspiracies everywhere. Kids conspired the shit out of it. Uh, yeah, no soul left behind. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lead in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and it, even more simple, like uh, you know how many? Basically, every single uh, sitcom or drama set in high school about oh romantic triangles and stuff like that you know a couple of friends conspire to get one girl kicked off the cheerleading squad it can be very trivial oh and and cross conspiracies yeah like uh I hate plugging my own stuff, but, I'm into my, <laughs> uh, but the devotees, like, yeah. everyone is conspiring against everyone else yeah. simultaneously. Are you know, Yojimbo, which is what I'm ripping off in devotees. Uh, <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah, so yes. we're all ripping off, really. Uh, but yeah, the, the idea that, like, you have these. And multi- Yojimbo riffed off a detective novel, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. the, the cycle continues. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so in. in Conspiracies are a rich tapestry uh, of <laughs> of the uh, a land of contrasts, uh, as they would say in a bad school. Say you're in conclusion. In conclusion, well, I, yeah, no. yeah, tapestry uh, that a, it's a conspiracy that has different. Uh, well, either has rich, wonderful symbolism sewn into it, or a cacophony of confusing patterns. Yeah. So yeah, you want to make it uh, satisfying for the player. So it's, I mean, any any kind of uh, investigation game but you know, don't make them the world of darkness don't make them a conspiracy yeah, there is no such thing as a perfect conspiracy right. they all have flaws they can all and the whole point of a game is that the players can at least they don't have to figure out everything out but they should at least figure enough that they get a satisfying narrative out of it you you need to end at near the peak of for for a game at least not yeah. necessarily a movie but you need to end near the peak of it not being a conspiracy yeah. or with a little ambiguity left you don't want to not end at all to the point where your your conspiracy meter drops down to ataraxia. Yeah. Are, and you don't want to peak at not a conspiracy anymore because we know everything too early. You know, the thing about it, the pledge just sounds like it was a, game, a Call of Cthulhu game uh, run by the same guy who ran the Charlie Chaplin uh, incident. I think it was like John Crow or Tynes, and it's like just total poker face. The players go off on, a, and so the players do everything perfectly, and they get the and they're luring the bad guy in, and he just there's rolls. one roll behind the yeah, <laughs> one roll behind the uh, book, and there's a crit fail on the serial killer's drive check. Yep, and it's like nope, this whole campaign's a bust. Fuck you, because <laughs> that's how that game master rolls. Right. And yeah. we're just stumbling across conspiracies can be fun. Too, just yeah, yeah, not even looking for him. Like, uh, movie, the John Gershon movie, The Pelican Brief. Actually, I kind of enjoyed that because it's just a woman just hears about the murder of these two Supreme Court justices and just writes kind of a crate her crazy theory what could have happened, why who did it, and then she turns out to be right, and then suddenly everyone's dying around her, right. Uh, yeah, a conspiracy to cover up another conspiracy. Well, I mean, that's the way that's the way you get into those perfect conspiracies mm-hmm. is you make your players the vector that the conspiracy couldn't anticipate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those Treadstone guys were pretty fucking good. 
Yeah. I mean, they planned for everything except one of their own men getting soap opera amnesia. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were very thorough. Yeah. And I don't think we can blame them for not coming up with that in the risk analyst report. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get a brain injury that leaves all of his murder skills intact. <laughs> Name, uh, address, passports, money, guns. Yeah. But he just forgets how much he loves killing and us. Yeah. Uh... That seems kind of a reach, Steve. Yeah. Let's leave yeah. that I mean, one. Why out. would he get a? Why would he be a? Why would we create a perfect killing machine that suddenly develops a grudge against us? <laughs> that, that makes no sense. Highly improbable. And so, yeah, like the unpredictable vector is a long tradition in like movies. Like I stumbled onto it. Like I wasn't supposed to be there. They knew I wasn't supposed to be there, but I was there. Yeah. And so then you have that fish out of water. Uh, versus the conspiracy kind of thing. Yeah. Which is pretty classic. Uh, cool. So when we get back, we'll have shout outs and anecdotes. And we're back. So, um,. For shout-outs, uh, we should first talk about a movie we've all seen, uh, which is a horror movie, a horror comedy movie, a mm. uh, horror comedy from New Zealand, Land of Peter Jackson, and this <laughs> fine, very sophisticated movie is called Deathgasm. Uh, it is about uh, heavy metal mu- music literally summoning demons uh, and causing havoc in a s- sleepy New Zealand town. Mm-hmm. I think it does it a little better than uh, Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, well, it's gorier, which is a plus. It's nice, yeah. Well, it's uh, a, the concept, and also yeah. the concept is movie long. It's not show long. Yeah, I, having to kind of maintain that on, an, on for a series is a little bit difficult. I don't know. Most. I mean, Jason uh, Todd in the Book of Pure Evil uh, did have Jason Mewes in it, so <laughs> that was a pull bonus. Yeah, well, he was he was really good as the the uh, old as Jason Mewes. Yeah, yeah. basically as yeah. the old stoner yeah. uh, janitor. It's nice to see him getting work outside of a Kevin Smith film, all right? I'm rooting for the guy. Hope he doesn't die. Glad he's not in jail. Exactly. From what I understand, he's kind of more or less kind of stayed on the bandwagon. Yeah. Uh, But Deathgasm, yeah, it's high school. Uh, There's some some D&D in it and uh, lots of ridiculous violence and, of course, ridiculous metal. Uh, It's totally brutal. It's very totally brutal. Oh no! It, well, to its also to its benefit, a lot of practical effects. So. Uh, yes, well, because they probably couldn't afford too many digital ones. Mm, true, but still, yeah, that's... exactly. Uh, next up, uh, Caleb, you have a podcast, a horror podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, I've been listening to it too, by the way. But so, Limetown, yeah. uh, the elevator pitch is basically it is uh, serial meets. Uh, Delta Green, basically. <laughs> serial meets Delta Green, or serial meets. Uh, 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 Marble Hornets, I guess. Yeah, uh, it is. Well, I mean, there's no Slender Man in it. Yeah, but yeah. So the voice production, I think it waffles for me. So like, it either goes to like seamless. I'm listening to NPR. Or, yeah. Okay, they're doing a pretty good job for this being a script they're reading. Yeah. Uh, but the first episode, when was- the voice acting works, holy yeah. shit, it works. Yeah. Uh, and they do a lot of uh, really cool sound effects and stuff like that. So the basic premise is that there is this uh, research group in Liontown. Is it Oklahoma? Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh, Liontown, Tennessee, that uh, is an entire town dedicated to this research organization. And, like, all three of the people just disappear. 
there's some terrifying phone calls and people go out there and it's cordoned off for a few days and then everyone is gone and no one knows what happened and it's 10 years later and this investigative journalist is looking into it and there are things that happen. I haven't listened to the third episode yet, but it just got released. Oh, it did? Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, so. They have an irregular, uh, it's only going to be seven episodes. And they just released a third one now, which I didn't even check. But it's there's, not on a set two, schedule. There's a uh, like micro podcast. It's like yeah. two minutes long. And then there's a third one that just got released. Oh, yeah. I, I hadn't even checked about the third one. Uh, but it's coming out. Uh, well, yeah, it's com- it's it doesn't have a set schedule. It's not like Night Vale. It's even less regular than RPPR. So you know, uh, but with <laughs> way more production value. <laughs> well, yeah, like uh, so much more skill. They actually have SAG actors doing this. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a very uh, ambitious uh, and very cool thing. Um, so check that out. And each episode is only like thirty minutes or less. So you know it's not a huge time and commitment. Um, let's see here. Uh, Eric, I guess you could talk about the uh, video game we've been playing recently. On oh yes, <laughs> Gang yeah. Beast. So uh, this is an early access from Double Fine uh, that Ross has recently picked up, and uh, it is. Uh, I I really want to say this is identify this as Fumblecore. <laughs> there are Fumblecore elements. It's a Fumblecore brawler. It's like Smash Brothers, but you're a little plastic. I would almost say a claymation dude. figure is yeah. kind of the the better yeah. term for it. Uh, it's like early access, so a little more on the CG. But the controls are you you wander around like drunk mimes that you just kind of wobble to and fro, and the whole it point of it is to usually ring out your opponent yeah. um, and you can punch each other but then get a tenuous grip on each other and oh yeah if you God. tap a, like the, for the left and right bumper will if you tap it will punch but if you hold the left or right bumper you'll pick grab on to whatever your character is touching and then you push Y on the controller uh, or something else, and you'll lift your arms up. So you, the idea is to grab your, got, your opponent and then lift him over your head and then just kind of let go to throw him over the edge. But the, the rub in that is that your opponents can also equally grab onto you. Yeah. And because of that, we've had, we had a lot of issues, if you've watched the Railer video, of us just hanging on with tenuous grips to each yeah. other. Trying to drag uh, out the or, or if nothing else, because it, was, it is an early access. I know this video hasn't gone up. Uh, but the character I was playing, which uh, oh, do we call him Moneybags or uh, uh, I don't remember, or uh, yeah. Corporate America or whatever? Uh, he had a top hat and a tie. Yeah. But any some of the times where I was holding it, the uh, character model, since the tie could raise up, would it would glitch, and if this is a glitch, it would separate the tie from his body. So even though yeah. I uh, had let go of the person I I killed. I was just carrying this tie triumphantly around the, the arena. It's the important thing. It's not it, winning. It, it, yeah. it is. And shoddy workmanship on that boardwalk, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, the levels do fall, fall apart to... Uh, uh, comedic in, effect. Yeah, to comedic effect. Yeah, so. Uh, so, Tom, uh, you, you talk about something we all did also uh, on Sunday. Yes. Uh, this, uh, we have, there's, there's a place in Springfield uh, called uh, Clue Pursuit, mm-hmm. which is basically, like, apparently, the locked mystery room thing which is an actual thing yeah no it's been starting it's it's it started, been for last it year start, too, started yeah. largely in japan uh yeah and but it's there it's all over now there are locked mystery rooms in a lot of big cities now so. and yeah we did this uh last on sunday where uh divided into groups of five and you were locked into a room where there's a mystery you have to solve and you have to search the room for clues to find keys and codes 
to finally get out, and you have an hour to do it. Yeah. yeah and uh, you had the murder of Charles Mason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which we yeah, had, we had the same one. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to make sure if we did. Uh, but yeah, we, we had a large group there, so we had to be split into two teams. It was the John Monroe room. Oh, the John Monroe. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but uh, the uh, we were split into two teams, and we ended up racing against each other. Uh, and luckily, our uh, the group that consisted of Ross, uh, myself, uh, Caleb, Sarah, and our new friend Nicholas. Yes, Nicholas uh, from Switzerland, an RPPR fan, came over, and we hung out with him over the weekend. Hello, Nicholas. Thank hi. you. Up. Yes, Nicholas you were awesome. Ross. Yes, he um, brought our team one. Yes, yes we, we, we managed to get. I just want to be really clear: by every measure, our team won. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, largely due to Nicholas, by the way. Yeah. Um, be, uh, but we managed to get out with four minutes to spare, and uh, although our worthy opponents, uh, we were told that you guys had had if you had had about thirty seconds more, you would have been out at the yeah, door. Yeah, pretty much. We, we were yeah. basically down to the final thing of getting the final box open. Yeah, so. Um, but no, it was a lot of fun, and also a neat thing about this is that um, uh, we were on the hardest level, apparently. Yeah. So, and uh, they do have uh, clues that, in addition to the the physical clues that you get around, they the uh, arbiters are monitoring you and will give you extra details. Uh, it's on, pretty much necessary because some of the clues are very obtuse without their help. Yeah. Like, uh, um, although going back to Nicholas, though, it was the funniest thing that probably happened during that entire time. Uh, one of the clues involved moving a map onto a specific part of the wall and then pointing a light over on an X that you had yeah. to put on there. Nicholas is the only one that spotted it. And, of course, he's pointing it out, and we're off on our own tangents. And the buzzer goes off to alert us, and we look over it, and the sign says, Listen to your friend in the red shirt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Nicholas was very, <laughs> is a very uh, smart fellow. He, I remember we were... What, what was the game with the dice and the samurai? Uh, oh were, yeah, he was doing probabilities on the fly. Yeah, what Age was the game? Of War. Yeah. A- Age of War. Yeah, it's a dice rolling game where you have like you have to cal- it, the base. A lot of it involves calculating probability. Like what what kind of combination can I roll on these dice? Oh wow, they're six sided, but they have different like symbols on them, and you have to match the symbols to certain cards to get points. And so Nicholas would be like, "Oh, you have a blah 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 percent chance to roll this with this many dice." I'm like, "Oh, would you, I'll take your word for it." Uh, <laughs> statistically, you were better doing this rather than that. Oh, okay, but I'm your opponent. So I didn't tell you. <laughs> uh, he's a very smart man. Yes, and I was very smart to put him on my team, and my team won. <laughs> well said. Uh, uh, so yeah, Caleb. The important thing is details. is that Caleb won. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, because this is uh, the month of October, Halloween month, I have some spooky music for people uh, to listen to. Uh, one, only one vapor trap way, uh, one vapor trap album, uh, which is a subgenre. Are you really getting vapor- into be yes, like? I'm, oh, it's not vaporwave; it's vapor trap. Oh, it's God. a subgenre. Uh, this is a free album. Uh, or I bet it, you listen want. to music on CDs too. Yeah. You plebe. <laughs> no, there's cassettes. Do you see the yes, cassette I have, player? I have. I have started buying cassettes too. Uh, so because I am a monster. Uh, I don't even. I can't even remember that. Wait, called. did you get this from the? Jade East? Uh, no, that's that's a vaporwave album I bought. Okay, because so, uh, so but well, uh, picking your glasses and tighten up your pants. Yeah, <laughs> you have arrived. Uh, so this uh, the album's called Eternity by Cobalt uh, Road, and it's actually it, it kind of reminds me of the Silent Hill Two soundtrack. It's it's not the not the uh, Pyramid Head is coming to kill you uh, tracks, but more like you're wandering through the fog. Uh, foggy town trying to figure out what the fuck you're doing there. Just so. kind of that calming, unsettling yeah. 
Which is uh, Vaporwave is very good at that. But also, uh, album The Caleb Likes Too, uh, John Carpenter's Lost Themes. Uh, John Carpenter's making music now. Uh, well, he always has, but now he's releasing music just on his own. Uh, good job. And it's an album, basically, movie soundtrack to movies that don't exist. Uh, so they're John Carpenter type music, you know, very 80s synth, kind of dark and ominous. And uh, yeah, it's great stuff. It's great for writing late at night uh, <laughs> and that kind of thing. Uh, Tom, uh, there's a show we've all watched, but I know you you were you're a fan of it. Uh, yes, uh, cartoon Moonbeam City, which is like it is. Speaking of the eighties, so eighties. Yeah. I mean, like painfully eighties. Like you know, the eighties. The supply of eighties. It's the synthwave Archer, uh, yeah, starring Rob Lowe, and I love it. He's basically playing like you know, like a cop who I love is he's actually completely incompetent at being a cop, yeah. but he acts like he's the best in the world. Well, they keep him employed for mm-hmm. reasons that don't make sense. Um, although I have decided that my favorite character on that show is his boss, boss who is played by Elizabeth Banks because every time she gets serious, no matter what room she is, no matter what the lighting is, they immediately have a shadow of uh, Venetian, bl- blind. A Venetian yeah. blind go over her face. It does. It is a great. Yeah, no, that, a that is a great gag. gag. Yeah, I I do appreciate that. Gag. I love that he has a room in his house where he drives his Lamborghini. Yeah, uh, because it's so eighties. Let's see here. Uh, Caleb, there's another podcast you were talking about that you're catching up on. Oh, yeah. I discovered The Bugle, which is Andy Salzman and John Oliver's podcast uh, that they originally ran for The Times, uh, mm-hmm. owned by Rupert Dramatic, for they got sacked and then went it and did it themselves, which is uh, very funny because right after that, uh, the phone hacking scandal happened, so they just nice. tore into their former employer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so... It, there are a there. I think they're in their. They're approaching their four century podcast, like four hundred. Yeah, wow. RBBR slackers. Yeah, uh, they are serious, and it the the news from four years ago has never been so funny <laughs> and so enjoyable. I'm not even up to Romney securing the GOP primary. Yet. Wow, wow. And I am like laughing with tears running down my face. Uh, as I drive to it every day, I've pretty much stopped lifting, listening to all my other podcasts, and I'm just building up a big backlog of them as I just devour the bugle. So nice, uh, it is pretty good and pretty hilarious. It's like it's like uh, last week tonight, but in audio form. in audio form, and there's a backlog of 400 episodes. Nice, so, and they don't have to censor themselves as much. Uh, yeah, they don't have to censor themselves at all on HBO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, two more things finally uh, one another vaporwave kind of thing uh, Fornox Void uh, is a vaporwave artist and video artist not just musician and he uh, released a 98 minute montage thing that you can get as a download and as a VHS tape and I bought that VHS tape, and it is of course spooky. It is spooky, and Caleb was angry when I was playing it. Uh, <laughs> well, no, the biggest surprise. God damn it, Ross! Oh, with the vaporwave. Well, honestly, no. The biggest surprise is that uh, you brought like five guests over to your house. Yeah, and the first thing you did was hook up a cassette. A fucking VCR cassette player that you bought at a thrift store to play a vaporwave tape with creepy hooded men 
dancing across a staticky background. Oh, no, you only got That's it. like what you do for guests. <laughs> oh, okay. I think it was literally on a Friday night. Yeah. Like, that's... No, that's... That, was, that was Sunday, I think. Oh, uh, no, it was Sunday, but also, <laughs> I'd like to point out that, because before everybody else showed up, it was just Ross, myself, and Sarah. Yeah. And he put it on, and we, we oh, were yeah, listening yeah. to it. Uh, yeah, there was, another, there was another tape that I, I showed uh, right before then, because I was just looking through. It was one of my brother's old tapes. <laughs> used to teach at a middle school in Japan and it's like the yearbook VHS tape uh, and so I, I just put it in two minutes to make sure the VCR works and it's like oh the singing the students cleaning like oh look panning across the student and then there's just a little this little Japanese boy who looks at the camera and flips it off and like <laughs> oh and like everyone's laughing and that and the, they left it in there they clearly the, whoever edited that didn't realize that uh, or didn't give a shit and so that was fun but, but, but no I'd um, like to point out that yeah the only thing that we were saying about it before you guys showed up is that it was mostly calming images and yeah it's, it, it switched it, it was it, it was a little bit weird and if you look carefully you could see the images of the last action hero behind it kind of yeah because um, it was recorded over a VHS of the last action heroes um, but because they both, don't make new VHS both, yeah but both Sarah and I were looking at this going all right, when's the other shoe going to drop? And lo and behold, as soon as that door opens, scary shadow man. Yeah. So. Uh, and finally, uh, something a little lighter. Uh, uh, Rutama, uh, a uh, Japanese role-playing game, tabletop role-playing game that's been translated to English, is now finally available. It's a Kickstarter that I backed last year. Uh, I today just got the limited edition faux leather uh, version of it. Uh, it's got great art. Uh, it looks. It's basically. It's not about fighting monsters or anything. It's like you're you're going just on a journey. It's like, oh, you're going. Your pilgrims going to a re- religious shrine or your merchants trading. It's about taking a trip, and that's that's the premise yeah, of the, the game. So yeah, I, I know uh, I said Miyazaki before. Technically, it's like Kino's journey. Uh, that's the only thing I could yeah, probably. It 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 looks. It has a lot of influences. It's got great art and it looks very cool. So I look forward to running it at some point in the future. So finally. Uh, we have anecdotes, and we have so many uh, to give, go from. Uh, Tom, would you like to explain uh, the latest in the Aaron Death category? Uh, I would. Category. And it actually, oh, so he only gets yeah. to explain. And yeah. it involves yet another geologist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, the first one was shark punching. Yeah. And then there was an NPC in ge- uh, geologist who died, and that was Cascadia. Uh, that led to your flare gun death. So uh, yeah, but I, I but that's not really flare gun direct, suicide. I didn't think that was directly related to me. Though. Thrash punk band. Uh, <laughs> but <in laughs> this you were investigating his death. That led your in this one. Like it's a it's a Delta Green, Delta Green game. I ran. I hope Ross will post soon. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll do. Camp. But it's yeah. uh, set in a mine. I'm not gonna. Yeah. And I and the elevator had crashed to the bottom of the shaft. And Aaron, well, I thought it was stuck like halfway up or something. Well, it was a, it, it, the emergency brake stopped it at like eight hundred feet. No, six hundred feet. Yeah, like below, you know, from the uh, top of the shaft, which would be the exit. So you know, Aaron decided he had the best climb in the group. So he said, "All right, I'll." Well, yeah, uh, if I if I may interject for a second. No, no, you, you may not, but you will anyway. Yes, yes I so will. So proceed. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, permission voice. Um, no, yeah. Before uh, we go into this, though, this was I didn't think this was completely out of unreasonable, just because uh, the way I had said this character, he was the resident geologist for this mining group. Uh, he was a, that's like the guy had written him that he was a spelunker and a climber, so yeah, he had a chance and. 
pretty much the only two options that we had for survival are were to uh, underground river that we just found. Yeah, that, that may have let out, but that yeah. would, that's any if you know spooky. Anything, yeah, anything you know about splinking anyway, that's a dangerous path to go. It anyway. was spooky. That, yeah, spooky. Yeah. Um, or uh, we were given another option to basically try to climb it up. Yeah. And since mine was high enough, and Ross was the second highest, because I think he had about a 50. I had a 50. And I had 60. 60 or 70. 60 or 70. Um, we had to make, a, you had to make like eight climbing checks in a row. All right, all right. Yeah. I'm into the Greeks. Can I try yeah. something? Sure. Let's try the Socratic method. Yeah. Okay. How many climbing checks did you have to make in a row, Eric? Eight. Eight. So. Oh, and was anyone at the table capable of calculating probability in their head? Bill was there. Oh, Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill was calculating madly. So Bill calculated this, correct? Yeah. Yes. There was a. Th- so what was the probability of success of making all the rolls you needed to make? Now it wasn't just you're making eight climb checks in a row. If you fail the check, I can make a check at fifty percent to catch it. Yeah, because we had backed so, it up just in case. So, Bill calculated that as well. Yes. What was the percentage chance? Of you succeeding the eight checks to get I to the I remember. Do you remember? I, I want to say it was around 20 at most. It was 19%. 19. Okay. See, I was close. It was 2.6. Well, that was just <laughs> eight. No, it was actually high. Well, I thought it was higher with the... No, the this was just him, but I said, now, if, it you, was fail, very if low. you fail a roll, since you're belaying with Ross... Yeah. Ross According to Bill, yeah. who well, talked to me, yeah. it was 2.6. Well, but uh, afterward, and it became so, 19. Okay, after yeah. hearing that it was 2.6% chance, what did your no. character do? All right, no, I got to... Caleb, no, but I said, but if he fails a roll, Ross could then make a roll to like, no, I know. catch yeah. it. And that's when it went up a little bit. Okay. But not by much. <laughs> yes. So it, and, and I flat out said, if you fail a roll and Ross fails <laughs> that same roll, you just fall. <laughs> and so, up Aaron goes. He makes three climb checks. Gets up 150 feet. Lethal. Fails, yeah, fails the fourth one. <laughs> I'm up, up a bat for the first time. And then Ross is up a bat. No. Nah. And like, can I cut it before he pulls me down? With I said, it? I made you make a roll, and yeah. you did make that. So like, yeah. you realize, oh, he's going down. I don't have him safe up there. Cut rope. Yeah. And Aaron falls 150 feet right onto the elevator at the bottom, and kills, and he dies. <laughs> Uh, and then I'm like, this to is be big. honest, yeah. more dignified than shark punching. The, the, True, it was shark stabbing. <laughs> no, no, really. was, we keep saying shark punching, no, but absolutely. he had a knife. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know, but shark punching has a better <laughs> ring to it. So it was practically, yeah, was, call Peter. Yeah. <laughs> but in any case, no, we no, did go to him. The probability the was not with me at all, <laughs> even with the backup. However, character-wise, I honestly felt. At, that this geologist was suicidal. Well, no, no. Foolhardy, you might say. The way that I had played him... Geologists game, fear him neither he, man nor death. Well, no, the, yeah. Um, but no, the reason I actually thought about it, it was that he already kind of had an attitude about this. Uh, he just was, like your geologist in Shanghai. No, that was he just... Added, he had an attitude. That was an attitude. That was... That was now, pure, now, now let's go psychological here. What happened in your past involving a geologist <laughs> to color your perception so specifically? <laughs> they, just like compulsive. Compulsive resistance let, to any let, authority. Let's, let's yeah. just say there's a history with the blood diamonds and that we talked about previously. <laughs> Risk, Risk-taking. Wow. Oh, man. Um, but no, this was this was more that I was kind of playing him a little more arrogantly and thinking, you know what? I can do this. Well, it's like, let's, uh, it's like I have the experience. And that's... Yeah. And honestly, and I'm still actually curious because, well, I'll... Not for any... Oh, well, this may be our spoiler warning, but... Um, 
what would have happened, Tom, had I actually made it up? We it would have been over. There. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Which, what was that time frame? That would have been like yeah, an That would have been like an hour in. And it's, hour? That's, I think that's about no, an hour it was, and a half. It was more like 90, it was like 90 minutes. Yeah, 90 minutes is, uh, is about the Aaron death. I mean, that was about shark punching, too. Uh, <laughs> time to Aaron death. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, but I realize some things I should probably change. But the that's how you judge an RPPR game. Okay, oh so. God. Uh, video games are time to create, yeah. and you want the largest maximum number. Yeah. In RPPR, you want time to de- Aaron death. And you want that number as low as possible. So we have that. Uh, Shanghai the, the X Hollow is probably yeah. the, the uh, exactly. I was just going to mention X Hollow is about ninety be. minutes too, uh, maybe a little under. So <laughs> please say there's not a, a specific metric that can be used. For this. It's 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 a range. It's not a specific figure because it's not exactly the same time. It's you know. Uh, but yeah, but unlike Shanghai, this yeah. time I'm like okay. It's like, two, like okay. If both of you fail in the same roll, you just plummet. There's no catching yourself. None of yeah. that. It's just no. It, we dead. were doing cliffhanger basically. Yeah, no. So yeah. Um, but anyways, you die. So, <laughs> no, I, I still was like, you cut me, you bastard. Of course, I did. He, my he didn't want to die either. My choice was to not die or not die. Two point six. Yeah, 2. from a professional account <laughs> at the table in the moment. Uh, yeah, let's. We have a couple other anecdotes too. Uh, in the in the current Delta Green game, uh, there's actually a very tense situation where you forced. Uh, Aaron to make Sanchex to stay in a car. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, they were out of sight. Uh, Delta Green wanted them to do something. Something uh, bad. Something criminal. Yeah, the, the, they did the criminal thing. Yeah. Then right. they wanted them to do a secondary criminal thing that the character that received the order was not willing to do. And I'm glad. I'd be yeah. terrified to play with someone who'd be okay with that. Uh, so it came time to uh, leave. And the character that got the order was kind enough not to report the order to anybody. Yeah. Uh, but he did, since they weren't going to do the order, they did just have to leave a very bad situation by itself and hope that everyone involved in it okay. So uh, <laughs> the character made the lie to David's character. Foss made the lie to David's character. And David rolled human, and he rolled a critical success. So he not only realized that they were... Uh, not supposed to do this. They were supposed to do something even worse, and they just decided not to do it. Uh, so he did not want to leave the situation. He wanted to stay and help people. So <laughs> Fast and Aaron are like, "Well, we're just gonna we're gonna leave him." I'm like, "So you're gonna leave the guy who witnessed all those murders you just committed, <laughs> and all those criminal things, yeah. and is associated with you, and has been all day." You're just going to leave him around <laughs> to answer all the questions and give you up late. So basically, you just want to say, like, goodbye to your families before you go to prison for the rest of your life. Is that, and they're like, oh, yeah, we can't really do that. Well, how do we do? And and David's just, like, refusing to move. And so it just car. instantly goes PvP. Frost, like, just drops the gun on him. <laughs> David's David, who would murder a child and has on multiple occasions <laughs> In to games. prove his points for characters uh, and they're both like having a Mexican standoff in the back of the car while Aaron has a trunk full of corpses and it's just like guys come on and like buildings are burning get, get around in it. the goddamn car so, like most Delta Green and operations. so they're role playing it so I just start blasting Aaron with sand checks <laughs> 
<laughs> to like not peel out of there in a panic, uh, and it was it was and awesome. I but Tom so. and I were like, "Fuck this, let's get the fuck yeah, out." Like, yeah, yeah. We go. You instantly agreed. You're yeah. just like corpse in the trunk, slam. <laughs> no, but I had to get. <laughs> yeah, good. No, Foster and I, like, and I were okay like, with it. Let's dump like, the body. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, we actually did the "Let's dump the body" song. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, no, so, I, I really live. But like speaking of PvP, um, <laughs> there uh, we actually got to play Dread this weekend. Ethan from Columbia came down and ran a game of Dread set on a moon base. Sorry, I couldn't be there, Ethan. I know. No, uh, it was well, it was, it was seven fun, players. Though, so. It was very chaotic, and he had PvP rules where basically, you know, the premise of Dread is anytime you have to do something risky, you have to make a pull on a Jenga tower, and the Jenga couch stays until someone tips it over, in which case their character dies, and. Uh, there were two cases of P and in PVP, the character says, I'm going to do something. Then the player says, no, he doesn't succeed in that. I complicate his life by doing this. And, and then you keep, it's a Mexican standoff with Jenga where you keep making pulls until someone backs down or, or the, uh, or the tower or, falls and that person dies. And so the first one was, uh, Michelle and Bill who got in it over. It was involving who could take a selfie, uh, on the moon. And that went for like a dozen pulls. Oh yeah, like that was intense. Like that tower was just barely. It was intense. no, it was it was leaning is what it was doing. Uh, so. And then the second one was, uh, which also involved Aaron and actually me. Yeah. Uh, my character was trying to frame Aaron for the murder he did. Uh, uh, yeah, because I, like uh, you, I, do. I, you, try, I you murdered someone with a taser. Yeah, I murdered. You really with a taser. like tasers. Well, no. The, well, the reason you uh, like tasers, uh, tasers is fine. But actually, this was actually this was <laughs> okay. for a reason because it, this is actually narratively for a reason. No, yeah, you don't have to get into the reasons. But you killed a dude with a taser, and then my character's whole goal was to try and uh, expose a corporation for doing bad things. So I was framing you in the sense that you killed the guy on behalf of the corporation, but so. on a behalf of a different person. So. Yeah. Uh, I was framing the corporation using you, and we got into another ridiculous number of pulls, uh, uh, which it I, turned you dropped your thing. Yeah, because now what had happened? The yes, tower was that I was it, it was on a tenuous balance, and I managed to get one centerpiece out, but it fell out of my hand. The tower did not collapse, but I lost this piece. So Ethan ruled that I lost the. Uh, yeah, the match. I didn't. Die, I was. But I, I was, lost the match. I was live streaming from the moon, accusing you of murder. Yeah. And, the, and the public believed me. But I, I think I still got out because my benefactors gave me a new identity. Yeah, so. in case they didn't sell you out. But uh, so there's there's been a lot of Aaron uh, uh, antics. Uh, oh, the yeah. Antics. Well, I mean, yeah. You well, were you, you were there. So. Okay, I, 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 you well, were there in all three games, but you, not necessarily the center of action. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, no, because the uh, I thought honestly because ours was funny, but honestly the Bill uh, Michelle fight because over selfies, especially well, don't, don't what it was over. Detail. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, we won't spoil anything here. But what when you find out what it was over makes it ten times. Yeah, I don't know more when I'll hilarious. be able to post the game. I don't know. We have a very packed schedule, uh, but uh, I might put it up for Patreon backers early. Yeah, uh, have some special downloads. So. Uh, so yes, enjoy October Halloween month. It's very spooky. Uh, Fear the return of Spider Girl. Yes, uh, please back the Delta Green Kickstarter. Uh, also take a look at Mystical Throne Entertainment. Remember the coupon code is RPPR October. Uh, you can get a full RPG for one, one dollar. Uh, yes, one word. I'll have the code on the show notes. Uh, so yeah, uh, that ends up RPPR episode one twenty one conspiracy. Thanks, Caleb. Uh, <laughs> David would be proud. He would. Uh, yay. yay. Uh, this is Ross Payton. This is Aaron Karsten. Yeah. This is Tom Church. Caleb. Uh, Vaporwave. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>